Hi, and welcome back to Becca Babbles Podcast. I'm your host, Becca. I'm a certified personal trainer, holistic health coach, and future chiropractor on my way to figuring out this thing we called life. Now, let's get babbling. Hi, and welcome back to Becca Babbles Podcast. I'm your host, Becca, and I hope you're having a good day today. I just finished a pretty good gym session. Not gonna lie, I was kind of sad that I'm out of my strength phase currently. Like I hit some pretty good PRs and if you don't know what that means, it's personal record, but I hit some pretty good PRs in my strength phase, which I was pretty proud of because for a while there I was working with a lot of tempo work and when you do tempo work, you can lift heavy and strong, but when you just do a tempo of one, 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 there's you just you don't think you just go and I was super excited which just goes to show that when you phase your workouts you're able to make leaps and bounds with your progress so I was like able to add on I think 10 pounds 10 no 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 it was like 20 pounds to my deadlift and I ended up hitting 220 And then for my squat, I finally reached 135, which I was super proud of. I was really nervous putting on those 45-pound plates, but, you know, we did it. We succeeded. And sometimes, like, I have this dilemma in my head that goes back and forth all the time about, oh, should I, like, I want to do this. I want to lift heavy. I want to lift strong. But then I'm like, okay, we're putting on those 45-pound plates. And then, like my rational brain starts kicking in or what some people would consider it consider consider it's called Bruno like that that movie I forget what it's called El and El Canto and Canto people are probably screaming right now about what it is but El Canto and Canto whatever it's called um and I had a friend tell me he was like tell your Bruno to shut up <laughs> I was like um is it Bruno? No, that's the guy. What was the thing about the brain? Am I getting this mixed up with another movie? Oh, I feel really bad if this is a different movie. No, this is a different movie. I think it's the the one where the kid is a a sea monster. I've probably lost most of you guys right now, so I'm really sorry about that. But anyways, they would just tell me, don't let your brain get in the way and just go and do. And so I feel like when I lift heavy, I'm like, I want to lift heavy. I want to lift strong. And then my brain kicks in and goes, what are you doing? This is terrifying. But you know, we do it anyways. So I was really excited with this strength phase, but now I'm more in hypertrophy, which we had to decrease the weight a bit, and I decided to do Bulgarian split squats, which like, by the way, those are like, I have a love-hate relationship with those. Like, I want to be really good at them, but then at the same time, I'm like, why do I program these in? Why do I do this to myself? Like, I give them to my clients too, because I know Bulgarian split squats, if you don't know, they're like a lunge, but your your back leg is rested on a bench. And so it just focuses solely depending on where you position your front leg. It focuses solely on either 
your glute or your quad you're still going to incorporate both but for the majority and then it has this great way of stabilize making you stabilize more than if you were just in a lunge because at least with a lunge you are able to stabilize yourself a little bit with that back leg but this front this back leg since it's all the way up in a bulgarian split squat it makes you incorporate more of your stabilizer muscles that you probably wouldn't have used if you were just doing a lunge or a squat well you would be using them but like not as much you're going to need to incorporate them a little bit more so i love them in that way also i feel like with your ankle and stable in building building ankle stability it's just it's wonderful for that but i'm going to stop ranting about my workout and actually get to the root of the podcast because i haven't even said what it is but i did want to give you guys some updates as far as what's going on um which i already kind of did with my workout so sorry about that but sorry not sorry sort of situation but I have a new website I kind of already announced this on my podcast or not my podcast it was my Instagram where I said I have a new website and a newsletter funny enough I was trying to make my newsletter which I had already announced a couple weeks back but then we realized that we needed a blog to actually have a newsletter so The funny thing is, is that since sixth grade, or not sixth grade, freshman year, I'd wanted a blog. Like, I thought about starting a blog, and then I was like, eh, no, I don't know what I'd write about. I don't know if I'd be consistent, all this stuff. So I had one set and ready to go. It just needed a little bit of tweaking to it. And then I was like, okay, well, we'll just press publish, and that's, that's what we did. And, or we, I say me. That's what I did. And now I have a website and I have a monthly newsletter. So go subscribe to that. I'm actually like proud of myself for this. I don't know. There's this like weird sense in my head where I'm like, oh my gosh, I like am adulting, even though I know most adults don't create a website newsletter and stuff like that. But it was this like satisfaction of like, I did something. I created this. So I don't know. It was just a weird sense that I had. But along with the website, I'm also accepting clients. So if you want to get stronger, recover your menstrual cycle and have a better relationship with food, I'm your girl. Like I am really wanting to help people become their strongest versions of themselves. And and even I'll talk about this a little bit in the podcast once we get into it. But I just... I feel for all the people out there that are still struggling with diet culture and feeling like they're not good enough. So I don't want to go too much on a ramble there because I've already kind of did that. I feel like my intros are just getting longer and longer. But you know, we're friends here. You like to hear me talk. And I wish I could hear you talk, but I'm just imagining you nodding your head and saying like, yes, yes, I agree even though that's kind of narcissistic if I think about it, but you know, it's okay. This is what happens when you do a solo podcast. But what the heck is this podcast about? You know, we need to get better at making these intros at the beginning, but whatever. So funny enough, I was on a walk and sometimes, this is honestly how I plan some of my podcasts is I'm just walking around at the horses or I am going on a walk myself 
and then this idea just pops in my head and then I have to bring out my notes app or my RemNote app and I just start writing things down and I'm like oh we have a whole podcast here planned like obviously if it's more research then I have to go in and actually do that but with this one it was more personal and I was like you know I feel like people need to know this and it's basically like what's keeping you stuck in diet culture I for the longest time always thought that like you know what I'm out of diet culture I'm like recovered from my eating disorder which honestly I would say that I'm recovered from my eating disorder but I feel like each year I keep uncovering more and more of like oh my gosh I didn't realize this was like a diet culture tendency and part of me is like grateful for that because because of my eating disorder I constantly keep to like take off these layers of conditioning and like learning more about myself but then also like it makes me grow even more because I have to work on myself because I'm one of those people where I want to grow I want to learn and I want to get better and I don't like staying stuck so I'm going to do what I need to do not saying that it's easy or anything but I'm going to do what I need to do to uncover all those layers or like peel back the onion if you want to refer to Shrek but it's so hard in this day and age because I feel like we're constantly surrounded by diet culture and the sad thing is and I was thinking about this the other day is yes there is like body positivity and there's like people coming out talking about having better relationships with food and that's great and amazing but what makes me really sad is that everything still has to be tied to weight loss and again weight loss is not a bad thing necessarily depending on the circumstance but why does everything have to be tied to weight loss and especially for females but I even see this more with males now too and it honestly makes me sad like why can't we just be like oh my gosh it she got really strong or like oh my gosh she looks amazing in those clothes or and it, it's not it's not going to have to be like, oh my gosh, this makes you lose weight or take this because it makes you lose weight or like go on this diet because it makes you lose weight. Like some diets are healing. I will say that because like if you have to go AIP for an autoimmune issue and that helps heals you, I understand that. But I just wish there was more advertisement out there that related to not having to deal with weight loss only or like people get excited when something deals with weight loss and again I know that the market is advertising towards what the people want and when we decide that we want something different then the market and advertising will start to change and I'm hoping that will keep changing but I don't know I just I continue to put out podcasts because I want to be that voice that goes out there and cuts out the diet culture. And I know that's what I can do to contribute. And as long as I keep growing and trying to take off all the layers of diet culture and inform you guys about like not what not to do, but like how to keep growing as well, that's what I can do. And if you want, you can send this to a friend wink wink so that we can spread the like 
not dealing with diet culture. That was a weird way to put it. But so I made like a few list numbers, whatever. (laughs) That was a weird way to introduce it. But I came up with eight ways that you are still being stuck in diet culture. And I feel like some of them are going to shock you. I know some of them people have probably talked about before, but you know, it's always good to have a refresher. But some of them, I feel like you're not even going to realize that you might A, still be doing it or something that like you did used to do. So my first one is, I feel like this is a big one, is you keep checking the mirror. This is one that I did a lot because if you've heard my eating disorder recovery story, I was obsessed with like getting abs. And so I was constantly like lifting up my shirt and checking for my abs in the mirror. Like it was like, oh, I went and ate lunch. Oh my gosh, are my abs disappearing? Like it's, I make a joke out of it, but honestly, that was something I was so concerned with. And I was so worried that I was just constantly gaining weight or I had to make sure and check. It was like, I almost didn't trust myself that I was in control and I had to make sure that I wasn't letting myself be out of control. And I promise you, like, your body changes so much, especially if you have a menstrual cycle. This was something that I had to get comfortable with is, like, when I started menstruating, like, your body is going to change. When you eat food, your body is going to change. Now, if you're, like, six months pregnant and you don't have a baby and that's after a meal, there there may be some issues going on there. But, like, having a natural bloat, or like, I don't want to say bloat, but like your stomach being full is normal and that's okay. You don't constantly always have to have this flat stomach to be considered okay. And you constantly don't have to check to make sure it's still there. And I also just want to point out that like, I'm pretty sure majority of your life, you're not going to be wearing a sports bra around town or like even crop tops yeah but like who honest like I don't know this is my thing I'm not a big fan of crop tops I know some people are but maybe it's just because I have a short torso and long legs and it makes me look like a spider (laughs) but it's like you don't have to wear them yes Target is filled with them but I promise you you don't always have to wear what everyone else is wearing and Honestly, you don't even need to have abs to wear a crop top. If you want to wear a freaking crop top, wear that freaking crop top and wear it with pride. I'm saying that right now. Maybe I need to start wearing more crop tops and be like, you know, we accept the spider legs. <laughs> um, But yeah, like if you're constantly checking yourself in the mirror, how about you start like stepping back? So like, let's say you constantly check yourself in the mirror, maybe like three times a day. How about let's start like taking it back. Let's go to two and then taking it back from there and let's go to one. And then how about like just checking when you're getting ready in the morning? Yes, there are times where I still like catch myself in the mirror and sometimes I'm like, "Ooh, look at you, girl. You built that booty. Like I classically come from like having flat butt syndrome. Um, (laughs) So, but it's coming from a place of I'm excited for the development that I made in the gym. It's not coming from, oh my gosh, I finally have some butt to me or booty or whatever. And now I feel 
okay with myself. No, it's more of look at all the hard work I've put in. So intention matters. And I feel like that's what's going to come down to most of this that I'm going to talk about. So if you catch yourself checking yourself in the mirror all the time, ask yourself why and then see if you can start decreasing it down. Also check to see like when you check yourself in the mirror, is it like a man, she looks good sort of situation or is it a oh my gosh, I look disgusting. Because I promise you, if like 50% of the time you're saying like, oh my gosh, look at that breakout on my face or oh my gosh, we look like we gained two pounds, which I promise you, you probably did not. Or actually, I'm going to not say probably you didn't. Um, then how about let's step back and ask, why do you keep putting yourself down every time you look in the mirror? And then maybe let's take a step back and stop looking so much in the mirror. Or if you find yourself still looking in the mirror, every time you give yourself that negative, like, oh my gosh, I look disgusting, then bring it up instantly with a, oh, but I love how my eyes look. Oh, but I love the the color of my skin. Oh, but I love how my hair is flowing today. It's amazing. It looks full and wavy and I look gorgeous and I'm going to make today successful. Add on just a little bit of a compliment to counteract the non-compliment. Wow, I'm already at 17 minutes and we're only on number one. But number two is you predict the amount of food that you quote should eat before you even eat and you don't allow yourself to eat more. So for me, This was really tough for me because I was on meal plan transitioning off from being in treatment and this was one of the barriers that hit me so hard. (laughs) Like I would, I'm really stubborn and I was like, nope, I'm going to keep measuring or like portioning out for meal plan. Like I still do my bowls where I literally just have a protein, fat and carb because it just makes it easy for me and simple and I like throwing things together in a bowl, but For me to finally be okay with like not knowing exactly how much I was eating, I had to start incorporating recipes. But then when I started incorporating recipes, then I found myself being like, okay, we portioned out this bowl. This is exactly what we're eating and that's it. Like not even thinking about like, what is my hunger telling me? What is my body telling me? No, I automatically assumed... I know exactly what I'm going to eat and this is all I'm allowed to eat. Now it's different if like, let's say I've had this meal before or now that I've done this for so long, I know about how much my body needs to fuel myself. But if you're trying a new recipe and let's say you've never eaten it before or like, let's say you're hungrier one day, it's okay to go back and get more. Like, When you think of, let's say you're transitioning off of meal plan, or let's say that you're transitioning off of tracking, or you're trying to get off of tracking, or you want to get better at intuitive eating, there is still intention around intuitive eating where you're like, okay, I know about how much I eat. This looks about how much I eat, so I'm going to put that on a plate. But then also when you finish that, you can ask yourself, am I still hungry? And you're allowed to go back and get more. There's no one telling you that you're not allowed to go back and get more. Like you're 
your hunger is going to fluctuate. And then sometimes I even find myself like I'm hungrier more in the morning than I am in the afternoon. Like I started doing the horses more in the morning and I found that I was more hungry compared to when I was personal training in the evening. I was more hungry in the evening because I was staying up later. That's okay. Your body's going to change. Your hunger's going to fluctuate and you need to listen to your body and allow it to allow it to fluctuate and allow yourself to flow with those fluctuations. Number three is you can't take a rest day from the gym or you can't even skip your gym day. This one is like hardcore, really tough for me sometimes. I still find myself stuck in this one a bit, not gonna lie. And I always go back and ask myself, is this coming from fear or is this coming from because I really enjoy the gym, because I'm one of those people, I just, I really enjoy movement, I really enjoy going to the gym, obviously, if I'm a personal trainer, that kind of makes sense, but if you feel guilt when it comes to missing the gym, or if you feel anxious when it comes to missing the gym, you need to ask yourself why. There's nothing wrong with going throughout your day, eating normally, and not going to the gym. Like people used to do it a lot back then. And I promise you one day or a couple of days out of the month, out of the year, isn't going to do that much to you or your body. But it doesn't even come down to your body. It's like knowing mentally that you're allowed to let your body recover and rest is okay. And to continuously fuel it. Because like people a couple hundred years ago, they didn't even go to the gym. Yes, they might be more active than most people today in in this day and age. But like I promise you, if you're one of these people who have a hard time taking a rest day from the gym, then that probably just means you need to take a rest day from the gym. And I'm literally telling this to myself right now because I need to hear this. Because again, I still struggle with like I even I don't do this anymore. But when it came to like going on vacation internally, I would freak out a bit because I was like, oh, my gosh, am I going to be able to get my workout in? Are my workouts in my vacation going to be good enough? Am I going to lose all my progress? Like I I, I don't know if I want to go on this vacation anymore or maybe I should make this vacation shorter so that I could like get my gym workout in and that's another thing if you're scheduling your day around your workouts like where 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 are you living life the gym is supposed to allow you to continue going on with your life and to feel like you are getting stronger and allow you to do more it's supposed to work with you not against you so if you feel like you're living to work out There's another question you need to ask yourself. Why do you feel like you need to live to work out? Yes, you can love the gym. You can say that the gym is your therapy. But also, are you doing other things that bring you joy in your life? Because your only stress reliever can't be the gym. Because your body just like won't be able to handle it. All that cortisol sending through your body is not going to like make your body happy. I promise you. All right, number four, you are avoiding your triggers. 
I feel like this is going to be triggering for some people because, to be honest, when I was in eating disorder treatment center, we had a list of trigger words, trigger things, and trigger, like, what whatever. And I, I get the, like, we were in a healing space and some people just, like, can't handle certain things, but there comes a point where if you don't ever go into your triggers, you're not going to grow. And I get there's like a point where if there's a trigger that's just, you just don't, you can't touch, that's okay. But let's see if we can go somewhere else so that you can grow and keep progressing. So like, for example, I had, I made a list of like fear foods a long time ago, never touched them. Or I made a list of like restaurants that I wanted to go to. Never touch them. There's a difference between planning and doing. You can plan out all your triggers. You can write down all your triggers. But at what point is that keeping you from living life? Exactly like the gym beforehand. If something is keeping you from living your life and enjoying your life, that's probably something you need to look at so that you can grow and become an even stronger my microphone just fell right as I was talking. So I don't even know what I was saying. Wow. I feel like that was a big moment right there. But if you keep avoiding your triggers, then you're not going to allow yourself to grow. But also realize that if you find it really hard to work through your triggers, ask for some help. People are out here that want to help you. You just have to ask. People don't know that you're struggling. Like it's such an internal battle that no one knows what you're feeling unless you tell them. There were so many times where I just had this knot in my stomach of like trying to push through something that I knew I needed to, but it was just so hard. And when I was able to message my coach and tell her like, hey, I'm like having a really hard time. I know I need to like do this right now, but I'm struggling so much. And then having the support of like, hey, this is why you're doing this. You're doing a great job and you're going to be so much more proud of yourself once you get through it. And that's the other thing is, yes, it sucks in the moment. I'm going to say it right now. It sucks in the moment going through your triggers and fighting through your triggers and working through them. But when you do it, like when I was talking about doing the website, when you do something that is hard, the reward afterwards of like, oh my gosh, I just did that. I I look back on how I used to act, what I used to do. And you can congratulate yourself for moving through that. Like that was hard for you and it's okay to say like, oh my gosh, I did that. This is amazing. I did that and look at me now. So once you're able to start checking off those triggers, you will feel so much more proud of yourself in the following years. So instead of just bubble wrapping yourself, how about let's like take off a little bit of that tape. I like that analogy. I feel really fancy when I said that. All right, number five, and this is one of those that I feel like people don't think about, and it's you're doing recovery for others. Now, I know this isn't like diet culture related, but I feel like this could be considered close to like diet culture related because 
if you're eating a certain way for other people so that you look like you're healthy or that you want to look a certain way for someone, this could be considered that. But as far as recovery goes, I did this a lot at the beginning. I've talked about this before in my eating disorder podcast, but I did this a lot. I was I was determined to not be a burden. And I thought that if I healed myself, that I would make other people happy. But I promise you that doesn't last for long. There's only a certain amount of time that this will last. And it's because recovery doesn't have to be hard. I like to question that recovery doesn't have to be hard. But mentally, I feel like it is. Like it's something that you have to work through consistently. And if you're just doing it before someone else, there's going to be a point where you have a trigger that you have to work through and you're just like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Same thing with like eating healthy and it's not coming from wanting to do it for yourself and you're doing it for someone else or you're working out because someone told you that you didn't look pretty and so now you're working out because someone else told you you looked bad so you're like oh my gosh I got to do this so this person likes me that's only gonna last for so long what are you doing that's for you and work towards that all right number six thinking someone will save you this one was like when I realized that I was doing recovery and wishing that someone would save me or that like my dietitian would like somehow have this like magical word for me or that my coach would like say this thing that would alter the way I viewed the world like you know you know what you need to do you know you know how to fuel your body you know how you feel they're there to support you but no one's going to save you you have to make the choice to do the thing and keep working at it. Is it hard? Yes. Is there support? Yes. But you're the one in control. And again, no one knows what's going on in your brain. So I could, there. this is why like, it's so hard to determine if someone is, has a healthy relationship with food or not, because on the outside, they can look like they're okay. But on the inside, there is so much turmoil going on. And same thing with like, if you're trying to improve your health, same thing going on. If you're coming from a place of hatred for yourself, no one's going to know that. Only you can change the way that you are thinking about yourself and the way that you improve yourself. All right, number seven. You limit the amount of desserts you can have. I feel like a lot of people are being like, but like sugar's bad, right? All right. Well, go back and listen to my podcast on is food good or bad. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> um, okay. Yes. Sugar does have, if it's in increased amounts, like it's super high amounts, then yes, there might be some detrimental effects. But are you only eating dessert all day long? I'm assuming not if you're listening to this podcast. You're probably eating 
a balanced plate? I hope so. If you don't, then like go back and listen to a few of my podcasts. Man, I keep referring to a lot of my podcasts. Um, but it's okay to have dessert from time to time. It's okay to have dessert every day. If you want dessert, have dessert. Because when you start limiting the amount of dessert that you allow yourself, then it becomes like the sparkly object. It becomes that thing that your parents told you you're not allowed to do, you're not allowed to touch. So you're like, oh my gosh, I want to touch that thing. There's been so many times I hate those stores where you walk into and they're like, don't touch. And I'm like, why? I want to touch it. <laughs> like, I see my dad walking around one of those stores where it's like the breakable stuff and he puts his hands behind his back and then I'm the kid over here just like wanting to touch everything and like I'm about to give him a heart attack. Like, don't tell me what not to do because then I'm going to do the extreme opposite. It's the same thing when you limit the amount of desserts you're allowed to give yourself. When And I promise you, if you fuel your body properly, you'll be shocked. But like dessert, you'll probably only want a small amount. Shocker, right? But then also, if you've limited yourself from dessert for so long, there might be a period where you might want more than what is typically recommended. But it's probably because you've limited yourself for so long. So you're thinking in your brain, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get this again. So I might as well eat it all now. So how about you start telling your body and your mind that I'm allowed to have this. So you could just have a small amount every night and just constantly tell yourself like, okay, for example, ice cream was one of them for me. Get a tub of ice cream, put it in a bowl, eat it at night. And then the next night, do the same thing. Do the same thing. I promise you, you're going to get bored of that ice cream. And it happened to me. I didn't believe it when someone told me to do this, but it happened. And now I just go through ebbs and flows of, oh man, I really feel like having some dark chocolate. So have the freaking dark chocolate and move on with your day. I promise it won't make that much of a difference. Number eight and the final one, and I feel like this one is like the most important one. So that's why I like saved it for last is you still want to be the same you. Again, I feel like this might be triggering for some people, but like people will see you differently when you start working on yourself and are you okay with people seeing you differently this bumps up a lot for me when I see family that I haven't seen for a while and I've been like moving through my eating disorder stuff or like moving through diet culture stuff and people are like oh my gosh wait you don't do that anymore or oh wait do you need to do this or even when I when I wasn't in my eating disorder, but I was starting to eat healthier and fueling my body, quote, properly or what I thought was properly, mostly just like incorporating more vegetables at the point, which I really needed. But people were kind of just like, why? Or why don't you eat the donut? Because I didn't freaking want the donut. That's why. <laughs> That's something like I push up against. I'm sorry. I just I don't like donuts. They're not my thing. Um but besides that, when you start making people uncomfortable, they don't like that. But it's okay because you're triggering them and they will grow. So that's fine. So keep doing what you need to do to better yourself. And realize that 
yes, you won't be the same you that you were before, but that means that you grew, grew, which means that you've improved. It's okay to change and it's okay to make people uncomfortable. And I think one of the things that bumps up against some people when it comes to eating disorder recovery is that they have a hard time stepping away from their eating disorder support group. So like I have a group that I meet with and I promise you we're all on different levels of like recovery and I honestly just go there for the fun conversations but they don't just like you because you have an eating disorder or because you're recovering from an eating disorder. They like you because of you. Same thing with your friends and family. If you're, if they truly love you, because I really think love is more of an action than it is a saying. If they truly love you, they will respect that you are trying to better yourself and they will accept what you're trying to do. So again, it's okay to change. It's okay to be a different version of you. You don't want to be the same. I promise you. And I also feel like some people, and I even find this with myself, is like you want to stay the same you because you're scared what you're going to do when you don't have your eating disorder, when you don't have your eating disorder habits. Because like the unknown is scary and you're going to have more time. I promise you. So much time has opened up for me when I decided that I'm actually going to fuel my body properly and I am going to allow myself rest. And then I realized like, oh, I actually have more energy. I don't feel like I'm a numb person getting through life or I'm surviving through the day. When you're not surviving through the day, you can actually create and do other things or have other hobbies or meet other friends or things aren't as scary because you're not constantly up in your head wondering what should I have for lunch? When should I eat lunch? Oh my gosh, should I go and exercise? Oh, I feel really bad that I went and like ate that earlier. Oh man, I shouldn't have eaten that. I think I need to drink more water. Mm, I don't know. Should I have more water? No, I think I, I think I'm hungry. No, I think I'm thirsty. I think I'm just going to drink some water. I think I need to go on another walk. I haven't gotten enough steps in today. That's like a lot of thinking. <laughs> and I did it myself. So it's not that I'm harping on you or anything, but it's to realize that when you're able to get rid of the old you and push back from that, that you'll actually become a better version of you that I think you'll actually like, but it does take some uncomfortableness to get through the beautiful butterfly. I don't know if it's like uncomfortable for a butterfly to be in a cocoon. I feel like it might be. But my version is like, you're in this uncomfortable cocoon, but like, look out, you're this beautiful butterfly that comes out. So I'm going to end it on that, you know, a pretty butterfly. I hope you imagine like one of those orange and yellow butterflies. I feel like those are really pretty. I never see those blue butterflies, though, that you see on those emojis. I've never seen those, but I have seen just the plain yellow. But we are not about to go rant about butterflies. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you got something out of it. Please subscribe if you're enjoying these 
episodes and these podcasts and take a screenshot and share this episode on social media and tag me at Becca and Wellness on Instagram and I'd love to repost it on my story. I love seeing when people share my podcast. It makes me happy. And also, if you would leave a five-star rating and review so that people can find this podcast and we can spread all the information about like why weight loss doesn't have to be the number one gold star of everything. And then if you would like to work with me or if you have a topic or question you want me to talk about, on the podcast, you can message me on Instagram at Rebecca and Wellness. Rebecca, yeah, I, I kind of question my own username, Rebecca and Wellness, or you can email me at hello at Rebecca and Wellness.com. Yes, this girl got her own email. Again, we're going up in the world. <laughs> but I hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. And I can't wait to babble with you next time. <laughs>